Welcome to the Unite Church podcast. For more information about Unite Church, visit unitechurchak.org. Now, enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. So we're talking about at the feet of Jesus. We're in this series we saw uh, just, we saw last week, mercy at the feet of Jesus. How many of you guys had a little bit of a revelation last week? Mercy at the feet of Jesus, amen. Being just even thrown down in the midst of our sin in front of Pharisees or Jesus, and what response do you want? The response of the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the, of the time, or the response of Jesus, who in our worst day, he loves and accepts us, and he picks us up, and he says, hey, I got a better life for you. Go sin no more. Pretty awesome, right? Gratefulness at the feet of Jesus. We saw the lepers. One leper come back, and the other lepers just left. God loves this grateful heart. There's a huge reward when you throw yourself at the feet of Jesus in gratefulness for what he's done in your life. Today, we're going to look at hope, hope at the feet of Jesus. Uh, This is a beautiful story, and I'm believing that God's going to just dump something on us today that's going to shift the way we interact with pain and suffering and loss and grief in our life, and I believe it's found in hope. We're going to look at the story of the man at the pool of Bethesda who finds himself at the feet of Jesus. John chapter 5 verse 1. Sometime later Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there in Jerusalem near the sheep gate a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool. And when the water is stirred, when the water is stirred, while I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. And Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow? Who's this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who uh, was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said, see, you're well again. Stop sinning or something worse will happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to him, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. Let's pray. Father, today we're just asking you to do something good. 
We want to be shifted and changed in your presence. Lord, I pray that you'd center our minds and our hearts on you. Lord, we don't want to be distracted by anything else. Today, we want to get the revelation of hope at your feet, God. We want to get the revelation of how you just reach into our broken lives, our sick lives, and you just make them new. You make them well. You make them make sense, God. You have the ability to shift everything, no matter how desperate or hopeless it seems. God, I pray for hope to arise in your church today and that, God, we will get something good from you, not just good words, not just fun time, God, but we would get something good from you. So we're pulling on heaven today, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we're inviting you to move in our midst. We're inviting you to do something awesome in us, through us today, and then we'll walk out shifted and changed. We'll be blessed today to be a blessing to the world, the lost and dying world around us, God. We love you today. God, we want favor and blessing today from you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? I just feel a weightiness on this message today, and I just want us to just really get our hearts centered on unearthing something together. I think God wants to sort of just turn over a rock, maybe something we've seen one way, and that has looked like discouragement that God wants to flip over, and all of a sudden in our life, there's this huge treasure, this thing that was hidden underneath this rock as we flip it over, and, it's, and it becomes life to us. Discouragement, loss, suffering, limitations, uh, where we go without, every place in our life where things don't go right or wrong. I want you to imagine yourself like this guy who's sitting at the pool where there is all these other lame and sick people around him. And he's laying on his mat, and he's been that way for 38 years. His whole life he's spent on this mat. Our life, when we don't have Jesus, our life without him, is this lost and broken and disconnected discouraging, limited lifestyle, living on this mat. Everything outside of Jesus has limitation. Everything outside of Jesus has loss. Everything outside of Jesus, you can suffer, you can grieve, you will grieve. Everything outside of him. Oh. And then we ask this, we look at that and we go like, how in the world could a loving God create this kind of scenario? How could God, who is a God of love, allow an entire group of people to be laying on mats at this pool, around these, this pool? And they're all, they're, they're all this sick, and, the, and he, he was this way his whole life. There has to be an answer, folks. And the answer cannot violate the goodness of God. The answer cannot violate the true love of God. If God is not good and God is not love, guys, we have no hope at all. So we have to start from the truth, the reality that God is good, God is love, but there is real pain. <clears throat> There is real suffering, and there is real disappointment. Hope is a dangerous thing. Hope is something that creates a gigantic chasm and gap in our life 
between what we are hoping for and where we are at in reality. Hope creates gaps. In that gap, in that valley, in that canyon, it, it is a contrast between the goodness of God and the suffering you and I endure. Come on. Come on. This is real life. Real life is not a bowl full of cherries every day. That would be terrible for me anyway. I hate cherries. <laughs> cherries are gross. I mean, why, why, why you eat something that's so thick around the this peel, and then it's got a hard thing in the middle to crunch on. There's no enjoyment in a cherry. Strawberries. Just eat them up. Chew them up. No worries, right? It's totally free. <laughs> you guys can just have that. Life is not a whole bowl of strawberries. Okay. Your life is sometimes and is positionally like this sick person on the mat where there is real limitation to who you are, to, 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 to what you can do. And there's real sadness, loss, hurt, suffering. The state of our lives uh, can be very, very difficult, but God wanders into our little pool around our little colonnades. He wanders in and has a conversation with us. At some point in your life, you're gonna find yourself at the feet of Jesus. Bible says in Philippians 2 that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. At some point, you're gonna find yourself at his feet. What are you gonna choose? This day, we find this, we find this guy on the mat just sitting there like any other day, right? And who comes wandering in but God? This guy on the mat doesn't go find Jesus. You're like the guy on the mat. Jesus came in and he found you. Today you might be here brand new and you're like, who's this Jesus guy? I, I couldn't figure out who this Jesus baby was in a manger before I got saved. It made no sense to me. I was like, how is he fit? Was he an elf? I don't understand. Was he part of Santa's little, I didn't know, understand anything about Jesus. I was so lost. I had no reference point. I was just this sick little person on a mat who was so sick, broken, and limited, and depressed. And then, but God wanders into my life. Jesus comes into my life. He says, hey, Josh, sick little guy on the mat, what do you want in your life? And, yes, God. <laughs> I don't know, I guess I want you. Jesus wandering into your life, not because you're perfect. Jesus wandering into your pool and saying, hey, I have something for you, what do you want? He's coming into your life today. And I don't know where you're at, where you've been, in the seriousness of your walk with Jesus, whether you're discouraged from all of life just beating you up. Listen, this guy had hard times in his life and there was a serious contrast from where he had been and what he had accomplished and what he was hoping for. Every guy sitting on a mat for 38 years is hoping to walk, guys, come on. You don't sit on a mat looking at a pool where this angel stirs the water for however many years and you're trying to get in it every day and not hoping that you could be healed and walk. So when Jesus comes by and says, hey, what do you want? You're like, 
It's the biggest dirt of all time. Yeah, Jesus, you know what I want. But the man's response was awesome. The man's response was, I keep trying to get in. He goes, oh, I see. He didn't say, I want to be healed. He says, I'm doing everything I can do to get what I want. But I've got nobody to help me. I got nobody to help me. How many ever just feel you're just alone in your life? You're alone in your pain. You're alone in your suffering. Nobody understands me. I'm just alone on my mat. Nobody gets me. And I'm, the reason you feel the pain is because of what you're hoping for. And you're not there yet. Hope for something you already have is really no hope at all is what the Bible says. Hope for what you don't have. It creates a gap from where you are and where God wants you to be or where you desire to be. That hope creates a tension. And in that space, that gap is real disappointment, real suffering, real difficulty. Look at what Romans chapter 5 says. Actually, let's go Proverbs 13, 12 first. Let's lay this in here real quick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Everybody has hope going in your life. It's something that cannot be extinguished, cannot be put out. Even if you're on your mat for 38 years all alone, you want a friend. You want somebody to help you down in the pool, to help you get where you know God is calling you to go or where you feel that you ought to be. You want to walk. You want to live. We all want this. And we all know we're made for something greater than just laying on a mat sick with no purpose. But look at Romans chapter five. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, everybody's favorite word. And character, hope. Uh, some people wish character was a four-letter word, right? And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Romans 12, 12, rejoice in our confident hope and be patient in trouble and keep on praying. <laughs> Come on. Hope is a gap. Hope is a gap between where you are and where you want to be. And the road to building that hope or that confidence in who you are trusting in is suffering. Whoa. Because suffering produces something perseverance, perseverance, character, and character produces hope. Because when you put your trust in, come on, not the stirring water, you put your trust in Jesus standing there and you're at his feet. There's a huge difference when you are suffering and you are in disappointment you are discouraged or your character is being refined because of having to persevere through something difficult or hope being deferred, not happening now. It's being pushed back. 
in that gap, when I put my heart and my mind on the wrong things, if I put my heart and my mind on something that is moves around all the time or that can disappoint me and won't be able to give me what I need, that is when I can, the suffering in my life will not produce something good. It will actually cause me to despair, cause you to despair and resign. God doesn't want you to resign even in the midst of your suffering, even in the gap, even in the middle of the persevering. See, this is why when, when it says in Romans 12, 12, we go back there, rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. And keep on praying. Just think about this. When you hope, you create trouble. When you hope, you create a gap. And what we want to do in our life, if we're afraid or we're not confident in our hope, it's, we're talking about where we place our hope, church. When we're not confident in where we place our hope, then we don't want to hope anymore. The more we lift the bar of hope, the more we lift the bar of potential discouragement, disappointment, Hope deferred, like that not happening in the timeline or in the way that we expected. Look, things fall apart. Things break. Things are hard. We find trouble. And the more we hope, the more we get, get our, our, our hopes up. How many of you guys ever hear people say that? I don't want to get my hopes up. I'm like, what? That makes no sense to me. I don't understand this world of getting your hopes up and getting disappointed. You only get disappointed when you put your hope in the stirring water, when you put your hope in the wrong thing. And see, when I put my hope in you gathering me up and dragging me down into this stirring water and, oh, everybody keeps beating me to it, and, oh, dang it, I, why didn't God let two people get healed every day? How come I can't get that thing? I'm working, I'm just trying to get there, and I can't get into that space, and I don't have enough people, or we're not fast enough, and nobody wants to help me, I'm all alone. And I'm putting my hope in something I can manipulate control. Something I can make happen. But in Jesus, when I put my hope in him, it's when he wanders by my life. In his perfect timing. And he releases the miracle in my life. He releases the fulfillment the deferred hope, he releases it. But see, when we put our hope in something that we can put our hands on or that we can control or that we can try to make the typing happen or it has to happen in our time, we are gonna get actually discouraged in a way where we will be tempted to give up or lower the bar of hope in our life. And that is not God's plan for you. God's plan for you is to create a gigantic gap a huge chasm from where you're at and where God wants you to be. And that's scary. That's scary. And he doesn't want you to put your hope in your job. He doesn't want you to put your hope in a spouse or a potential spouse or your kids or your church or your pastor. Don't put your hope in me. I will disappoint you. 
Don't do it. I'm the stirring water. I'm the stirring water. Your worship team, they're the stirring water. This building, building, it's a stirring water. Go put your hope in it. Put your hope in the one, the only one, who is the living water, who is real life. That is Jesus himself. And you and I, on our mat, laying down, can't move now, okay? You just keep looking for him. You gotta be looking for him. When, when is he walking by in your life? And Jesus, I put my hope in you, and when you're gonna do the miracle, when you're gonna do the change and transformation on your timing, it's not, timing's not up to me. My hope is in you, that's what you asked me to do. And while I suffer, while I'm in trouble, I'm gonna keep on praying. Come on. You don't have any other options. You're just a sick little mat layer. What's up, Matt? You didn't know your name was Matt today, but it is. You're the Matt men, the Matt women, and we're just sick, lame people with limitations, but this is the amazing thing in God, is in our limitation, in our weakness, he is strong, or makes himself known. This is where we put our hope, and if we put our hope in something else, in our own strength, or what we can accomplish on our own or by our own means, then guess what? We get the glory and the credit. God doesn't operate like this. This is not the way he wants to make it happen. In Romans 5, verse 2, he says, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand and boast in the hope of the glory of God. We boast in the hope of the glory of God, not the glory of man, in the glory of God. It's his glory that we boast in. Everything we do is for his glory. But pain, there's pain that's associated and comes with all this hoping. And we've got to resign in our life that goodness is not the disconnection from pain. Come on, goodness comes with suffering, comes with patience, comes with waiting. It, it's good when your character is made in the likeness of Jesus, right? Okay, this is a good thing. So when we hope, when hope is being produced in our life, it's because we're watching God do something that he never fails at. When our hope is in Jesus, he never fails at transforming our character through pain and suffering. And he's always good. And his love always endures. And I want you to think about this. That your life, my life, we, we, when we are putting our hope in God, we're putting it into something that is literally eternal. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and Love, but the greatest of these is love. Hope is eternal. When we put our hope in the right thing, we put it in him, it's literally in the transformative power and grace of God's mercy in our life. It, it's that he makes us new and brings us into eternity no matter what sin we have. 
forever and ever and ever. That is the hope you are putting, the faith you are putting into hope right there is in Jesus himself making you new, bringing you into eternity forever and ever. Hope is eternal. It lasts forever. And no more hope will be deferred when you walk into eternity. You're going to realize what you're made for. And, and, And I'm telling you, in God's perfection, he never, ever loses one, one centimeter of ground when it comes to his relationship with you. Never. And he never loses one centimeter of ground in your character formation becoming in the likeness of Jesus. Your hope is in that you are going to be like Jesus and you're going to experience his presence forever. You cannot lose. All of the pain, the suffering, the loss, everything you're experiencing is always shaping you to be more like him. If you find yourself at his feet and you're putting your hope in Jesus, you will always be growing into his likeness. And moving one step closer to this great thing in eternity that we are hoping for, which is our confident hope in his saving grace, his mercy in our life. But hopelessness is actually a resignation to the existence of God. When I stop hoping, or I attempt to stop hoping, some people believe you can't actually stop hoping. Interesting thing to think about. And think that that is part of why people even try to commit suicide. Because they're tired of the feeling of this gap of what I'm hoping for and not getting. They're like, I'm done with it. I can't stop it. I can't medicate it. I can't lower the bar enough to where I can't feel this discouragement anymore. And they decide they want to try to end it. I'm not a doctor, but that makes sense. Hopelessness is trying to say, God, you don't exist. There is nothing better for me to live for outside of the pain and suffering in my existence today. Well, for me, I don't believe I want to resign that God exists or resign on life. I want to live. I want to live full. And if I'm going to live full, that means I have to be like this guy on the mat and be okay with the fact that there are limitations in my life and my life isn't all perfect. And there are gaps between where I'm hoping for and where I'm actually at. And I don't need all the answers except that God is making me into his likeness. His love is permanent and never fails. And he's always going to be with me into the end of the age. I'll never be alone. I'm never gonna be the guy on the mat without Jesus with me. Never gonna be alone. And I I always will have him. You will always have him if you look at his feet. Just look to Jesus. But if you put your life in this stirring water, look at Psalms 39, seven. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My hope is in you. We have the ability to put our hope in all kinds of places. And we put it in stirring water, we're gonna be disappointed. First Peter 1.13, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. When you, uh, when you receive Jesus, you're gonna get this massive revelation. And the more you press into his, your, your relationship with him, he's gonna continue to reveal himself to you. And that is where you put your hope. And in that, you will never, ever be disappointed. I love how Jesus says, 
to this guy in John 5, 6. He says, when Jesus saw him lying there, he learned that he had been there in his condition for a long time. He asked him, do you want to get well? Seems like a silly question to ask a guy laying on a mat for 38 years, right? He found out how long he'd been laying there. But Jesus, God is always about testing people, guys. He is strengthening your faith. He wants to build something up in you, like that Romans 5 passage says. He wants to build up hope because the stronger your hope is in God, the less you get moved around, the less actual anxiety and fear and worry you're going to have because you know he has you. And he doesn't want you to live in anxiety and fear. He wants you to live in peace, and he wants you to live in his presence. But see, he says to him, hey, do you want to get well? And the guy, the invalid, goes, I've been trying to get down there and get well this whole time. He's like, you have? That's awesome. Stand up. That action of faith that you had right there, that action of moving toward something, moving toward that healing, that's all I needed. God, Jesus just like, all I needed was a little bit of faith right there. Boom, stand up. Come on. Making you well. Stand up. It's time to get moving. There's a moment in your life where Jesus is going to come by and he's going to say, what do you want? What are you hoping in? Say, Jesus, I want everything you have for me, right? What do you have for me, God? And he says, get up, man. And he gets made well before he starts trying to stand up. It, he, he, he says, get, he goes, get up, and he goes, he was made well, right? And then the guy stands up, picks up his mat, even on the Sabbath day of all things, right? <laughs> Titus 2.13 says this, while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. There's this thing that hope does. It's always looking forward. It's looking forward. And church, you and I have got to start looking forward. We got to get our eyes off our mat. We got to get our eyes off the stirring waters that are just never going to produce what we need. Somebody could always cut in on us. They could always disappoint us. They look like they could provide what we need, but they're not going to. A person's going to look like that for you. But Jesus will never disappoint you. Yeah, he's going to challenge you. He's going to say, get up. It's time to get moving. It's time to do what I made you to do. And for some of you today, today is your day where you get to put your hope in Jesus. And Jesus is saying, it's time to get up, stand up. It's time to move on. It's time to do what I made you to do. When we put our hope in him, his hope anchors our soul. Hebrews 6, 18. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it's impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the, uh, through the curtain into the inner sanctuary. When we put our hope in Jesus, he wanders along up the sex to us. We're laying on our mat and he's, we, we put our hope in him. 
We move it off of the stirring water, off of our eyes, off of our mat. We put them on Jesus. This kind of hope will anchor your soul. Nothing will be able to move you. Discouragement can't move you. Disappointment can't move you. Suffering can't move you. Pain can't move you. Physical limitations can't move you. Your friends hurting you, talking bad about you, disappointing you, harming you, can't move you. This kind of hope brings you into God's inter, inner sanctuary, into his presence. When we put our hope in God, he, that hope, that confident hope anchors our soul. We're not blowing around and brings us into his presence where we find transformation. We find his love. We find his mercy. We find forgiveness. We find acceptance where our spirit, like Galatians says, is crying out, Abba, Daddy, Father, I need to belong. I need to matter. I need to be known. I can't be alone on my mat anymore. You don't got to be alone on your mat. You're not alone. Your hope can be anchored in something that is immovable and that his presence will transform you into his likeness. Just get yourself at the feet of Jesus. Notice when you're at the feet of Jesus is what this message really is. Last week we're talking about the left or uh, the, the woman who throws herself or is thrown at the feet of Jesus. The leper comes back and finds, throws himself at the feet of Jesus. This guy is just laying around and Jesus walks up to him. Know when you're at the feet of Jesus and when you are in a space where God is coming into your life, walking into your life saying, hey, it's time to move your hope. Move your hope to me, Jesus says. Put it in him and he'll anchor your soul and move you into his inner sanctuary where you'll experience transformation in his presence. Colossians 1.5, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth about good, the good news. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is being, uh, it's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. Your true hope is in heaven, church, is in his transforming grace, making you into his likeness. Yeah, there's a big gap between where you are right now and where he called you to be and where he's gonna pull you into, but you need to get your eyes off the gap and eyes off of the suffering. Here's one of the treasures that you get to take into eternity. You get to remember the suffering. You get to remember the disappointment. You get to remember all of the hurt, the pain, the loss, all of that. In fact, it's the one thing that Adam and Eve did not have in the garden that you and I will all have in eternity is the knowledge of good and evil. What it produces. You get to intimately know what that distance between where you are at now and what you're hoping for, when you realize that hope and you're made new in Christ and you look back and et from eternity, when you're made perfect, you're gonna look back at all that suffering, all that loss and where you are without God and you're gonna say, never again will I ever go back there. For love to be real, there has to be choice. And if you can't choose, love's not real. 
And if you could not choose sin and drink of its pain and suffering and loss, God's love wouldn't be real. He wouldn't be good all the time, but he is good all the time, and his love is really real. And there's an answer for the pain and the suffering and the gap between where you are and where you're gonna be. You get to carry that into eternity. And he could put that tree of knowledge and good and evil in front of you. You could put sin right in front of you and you'll say, never again will I eat that rotten banana. It's disgusting. I've already tasted of it. I will never do loss and suffering and pain ever again because I know what that was like. No more gaps for me. I'm made one in Christ. Come on, we're all made one in Christ and that's where we put our hope. Your pain and suffering has a purpose displays the goodness and the glory and the love of God. Keep your hope in him. Stay on course. Stay on track, church. Keep your eyes at Jesus when you on Jesus when you find yourself at his feet, respond. This thing I love about this guy, he just responds. Boom. God does a miracle in his life, closes the gap in an area Rejoice when God does that. Today, you may, maybe have never put your hope in Jesus. God wants you to shift your hope on whatever it is you put it on. Maybe you're medicating the pain in your life. You're trying to escape the hope. You're trying to run from it with money, drugs, relationships, anything that is not Jesus. God is saying, I'm walking into your pool today, and today is the day of your salvation. Today's the day where you can put your hope in Jesus and your life will be changed. You're gonna get up and you're gonna walk into your purpose and destiny. But Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life, folks. There is no other way unto the Father except through the Son. He is the only way that you'll be forgiven for your sin and be able to close the gap on your sin and eternity. It's Jesus. We you close your eyes with me for a moment? If you're here today, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. He is the hope of glory. He is your only hope. Today is a beautiful day, a perfect day for you to give your life to him. Bible says so simply, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and you will be saved. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, that's me. You don't have to go anywhere. I'm just asking you to slip your hand up and we'll pray with you right in your seat. If you're here today, you say, that's me. I'd love to give my life to Jesus. I'd love to put my hope in Jesus. Would you lift your hand up so I can pray with you? Anybody here, Jesus, I'm ready to give my life to you. Thank you, I see your hand. Yes, I see your hand. Thank you, thank you, I see your hand too. Anybody else, Jesus, I'm ready to receive you. Awesome, let's pray. If you want to give your life to Jesus, put your hope in Jesus, pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe you are God. I put my hope and trust in you. Save me from my sin. Change me into your likeness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen stand church we're going to close just in worship but as we do that i want to encourage you especially if you're here and i believe this is really word of knowledge for people here you've been discouraged you've moved your hope 
Your hope has moved from Jesus to other things. And God wants to challenge you to move your hope to him. You've even maybe been disappointed in God because he didn't show up the way you wanted. Or you're still in a, a, a problem that you thought would be solved by now. Listen, put your hope in Jesus. Put your hope in eternity. When you get to heaven, I promise it's all gonna be okay. Here on earth, no promises. The only promise I can tell you is God is love and God is good. I can promise you that. And in the midst of your pain and suffering, he will show up and meet you there. He'll meet you on your mat. But some of us today, we've been struggling with discouragement on extreme levels. We've been frustrated with a certain problem in our life that we haven't been able to get through. And we've been thinking about giving up, giving up hope or putting our hope into something else and starting to run. I believe there's people here that are thinking about running. Don't run. Jesus is saying, put your hope in me. Put your hope in me and just see what happens. Put your hope in me. If that's you, I wanna encourage you during the worship time, come down and pray with our worship team or ask maybe your friend who's sitting next to you to pray for you. But don't leave, I want you to respond as we move into worship. Father, in Jesus' name, we're thanking you for your hope that is eternal, that will never be shaken or moved. We put our hope in you. Forgive us for our idolatrous behaviors of putting our hope in something else that is not God, that is not real. We place our hope in you, Jesus. We love you and you alone. And today our worship is in the hope giver, in the giver of life. We offer our worship to you now, God. We love you. We bless your name. Worthy of every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Oh, we live for you Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at unitechurchak.org. We hope to see you soon.